welcome to this week's edition of the Extra Time Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Clapham, and joining me this week are my guests, Jacob Kilbride. Hello. And Mr. Javed Ali. How do you want? How are we doing? Very good, thank you. Very good. Perfect, mate. Thank you. Excellent. So, coming up on this week's edition of the Extra Time Podcast, we'll be talking the Champions League draw for the quarterfinals that's just happened, as well as the Europa League draw. We'll be looking at the England squad that Gareth Southgate's announced for the two friendlies against Netherlands and Italy. We'll also be looking at Mark Hughes being appointed manager of Southampton. So, the Champions League draw. Liverpool versus Manchester City. That's got to be the highlight of the draw. Yeah, definitely. Um, probably the, the standout tie, obviously, with it being two English teams. And um, Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, it's one of those where... I think it could have been uh, an easy draw, obviously, with uh, with Roma and uh, Sevilla, probably, mm. with two weaker sides. But I think it could have been tougher as well. I think I personally rate uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid as, as better sides than uh, as, uh, than Man City. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the draw, and I think it's a, a good uh, a good tie. Yeah, as a neutral, really. Like You want to think, really, um, as a when you come to be a neutral, you want to see your England teams going against others, but... You can see like Liverpool City again. I'm not fussed really, but I'd rather want to see them go against like your Madrids, your Barca's, your Juve's and stuff. It's just yeah, they still good though, nonetheless. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think both teams would have preferred to avoid each other. Mm. Um, obviously, Liverpool and Man City know each other very well. Um, Liverpool are the only side to beat Manchester City in the Premier League so far this season. So I think Pep. I think obviously he'll be wanting revenge, but I think he'd have preferred not to draw Liverpool. At the same time, I feel like um, Liverpool will probably probably have wanted to avoid Manchester City. Um, you know, you look at people like Roma and Sevilla in there. Um, you know, you look at teams like Roma and Sevilla in there. They're obviously the easier uh, on paper. Mm. Obviously, Manchester City represent a very very tough a tough game. Um, do you think Liverpool can beat City? I think so. I think so. obviously we beat him at Anfield uh, earlier this season, and uh, obviously it was it was four three, which sort of probably didn't tell the true reflection of the game. Obviously with City scoring those two uh, late goals, um, and I, th- I think Liverpool can can win over two legs. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, but you know, again at Anfield, I'd, I'd back Liverpool against any side to be honest. I think it's dependent on the what. Back four is really going to power, really. Lovren's been shaker recently, really shaker. Um, well, it'll probably be Alexander Arnold, Van Dyke, Matip, and Robertson. Well, they've been playing Lovren in the big games recently. Aren't they? <coughs> it's just that thing: is he going to play him in that big of a game again? I I doubt it, to be honest. Um, will Klein be back in the scene by then? I don't know what what's the um, situation. Klein will be fit, but. I feel like he's going to really struggle to get back into that team. I think Trent's been outstanding this season, and as Joe Gomez as well. I think Robertson's been the standout one, hasn't he, for the back four? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously Van Dijk's helped a lot since he came in. Yeah. Uh, but Andy Robertson, I mean, the left-back role, obviously, with Moreno, it's always been a, a bit of an issue for uh, for Liverpool, and Robertson seems to have come into his own, really, in that, yeah. Um, yeah. you know... He's not a big player. He's not a standout player. He was signed from Hull for eight million, which were essentially free. When you look at them signing Kevin Stewart, Kevin Stewart for the same amount, mm. came in want want this big money signing that everyone perhaps would have wanted, but he's been a revelation really at left back. Yeah, definitely. I was at the uh, the West Ham game the other week, and 
he was like the standout player from left back, you know, getting getting crosses all the time and you know, it was just really dangerous all, you know, throughout the ninety minutes. I think it was um in extra time that he, he made one of the one of the goals on the chance, but it was re- really late on uh, in the game. And Trent was the same down the other right side and, and the crossing has, has certainly got better as well. Yeah, you've got to praise it though, isn't it? It's his workhorse really. He's a massive workhorse. He'll run you up that pitch constantly and hound the right back definitely, and it's what you want from somebody really. Because when you have to think about Moreno, you think about it's just his attacking prowess. He's pretty much awful when it comes to defending. Mm. And Robertson offers you essentially everything you want in a left back, really. Um, so yeah, obviously Manchester City are a, a huge opposition um, and favourites to go on and, and win the Champions League. Do you think Liverpool will fear them? Do you think, or do you think they'll be they'll be proper up for it and think? This is a great chance to go through the semis. Yeah, I think um, Liverpool usually play well in the big games against you know against the better sides. But I think City probably got an advantage in the fact that they're so far clear at the top of the Premier League table mm. that they may be able to rest players for the league games in in preparation for for the game against Liverpool. You know that the title is pretty much won, and obviously they want they want to win every game and get as many points as they can. But if you were Pep, then you know why wouldn't you rest? You know certain players for the league game, which you've pretty much already got one, and then try and try and focus on on the Liverpool game in the uh, in the Champions League. Yeah, definitely. Honestly, like when you think about it, Liverpool, oof, given City easily some of their barring Wigan, they've given City some of their biggest tests, and you just can't keep on that top front three. Honestly, especially on the day they're gonna fire any defence really in my eyes. I mean, as it stands, obviously fixed changes. Uh, could change this, but as it sounds, the schedule for City will be Everton away, Liverpool away, United at home, Liverpool at home, Spurs away. That could obviously favour Liverpool massively there. But as you said, if they do, like they could have the the title wrapped up when they play United at home. Mm. So it could be a case of does he rest players against United, but at the same time it's a Manchester derby. Obviously, he'll want to win it. Is yeah. it? It'll be an interesting one to see what sort of team he puts out. To be honest, I mean, this is this is probably going to sound harsh, but City have got that many good players in the squad that even if they brought the, you know, the, uh, you know, they they took out Sterling for a week and they brought in mm. Sane or you know whoever it is, you know, they've got the option to do that and you know, not weaken the team. You know, it's not as if it's not like Liverpool where you know if we rest Firmino and we bring in Dominic Solanke, where you know we. <clears throat> we're uh, we're making the team significantly worse. You know they've got players in their squad where they can bring them in and you know not have a problem. You know in thinking that they'll uh, they'll put up a good fight. Yeah, of course. When you think about it, though, like you like what is it? You can take off Aguero. What bring on Jesus? Mm. Yeah. What mm-hmm. can, if with Liverpool, what you take off? What Firmino? You've got Danny Ings and Danny Ings is good, but and, yeah. he's not really scoring for them, is he? Really though. No. Yeah, he's had his injuries, but still. He's a player that came into like the Premier League with so much hype for Burnley, and then like Liverpool fans were in revelation when he when they got him essentially like yeah. cheap. Yeah. He's, he's not a top four striker, is he? No, that, that he's, he's another option, but he's not someone that you'd start in a in a big game like that. I think he's just a no, just a, um, a squad player, isn't he? Really. Mm, the first games at Anfield, the second games at the he- at the second games at the Etihad. Who does that favour? Liverpool, of course, definitely. Liverpool starting off strong in the Anfield. 
Do you think? Definitely. Anfield's a fortress. What are you going to do? You want, you want to essentially, they perform, they're going to perform at home. You want that team to perform at home. Get enough goals as it is. And then just try and like drag it into the second game. And then you don't want to set up shot, but you still want to at least do a decent thing, like a decent performance. Mm-hmm. I think it's best to have it at home at first. It's where you get your fans rallied ready for that away game. See, I'd argue the opposite, to be honest. I'd say yeah. it's best to go away first and then bring whatever you can back to Anfield. Obviously, we've seen over previous seasons what that sort of roar from the Anfield crowd can do when you're either chasing a game or you're going out to lead a game. If Liverpool lose 1-0 at the Etihad, that's not the tie-over. They'll take it back to Anfield and they'll be confident that they can go and beat it. If Liverpool draw or happen to lose at Anfield, then it's going to be very, very tough to then go to the Etihad and get a result. Yeah, I agree. I think usually it does, like like you were saying, Adam, it does usually favour when you've got the home home leg second. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it matters too much. <coughs> Probably maybe gives City a slight edge, but I'm not sure if it's going to have a, a major impact in you know who wins or loses. No, yeah, Liverpool still want to try and they still want to. I feel like the Premier League's over for them, and they want to get that Champions League back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so how do we see this one going, Javed? Three uh, one over two legs, Liverpool. Three one, Liverpool. That's confident. Yeah, confident. It is, it is. Yeah. Um. Obviously, obviously, my uh, heart says Liverpool will win it, but I think City will have, will have too much. You know, they've been by far the, the standout team in the Premier League, and obviously, I know we beat them at Anfield, but they they thrashed us at the Etihad. Mm. Um. So yeah, I think you'd have to. You'd have to back City, but I think it'd be I think it'll be competitive certainly. Now I'm getting this aura me of this like I feel like it could be local season. I think it can be because I'm not a fan of Klopp, but I've seen that what he can do to that team and he's performing, making that team perform. And I feel like it's his season to get the Champions League. Fair enough. Well, so you're saying Liverpool, Jacob. You're saying Man City. Um, I'm going to sit my neck out and say Liverpool and nick it just not three one. Yeah, I think it'll be very, very, very tough and very close. Um, but yeah, I'll say Liverpool to knit this one. Um, so the next game, Barcelona versus Roma. Now, Roma beat Shakhtar. Obviously, I think the favourites for the competition currently um, are Barcelona. You've got to look at them to beat Chelsea 3-0 midweek. Chelsea weren't even that bad mm. and lost 3-0. Yeah. You've got to back Barca, haven't you, to win this one pretty Pretty easily, I think. Mm. This, I think, as we were saying earlier, like Roma and Sevilla are sort of seen as the sort of weaker sides um, <coughs> in the uh, <coughs> in the quarterfinals. Um, so yeah, I think you'd have to you'd have to back Barca to win it. And you know, like you said, they beat a, a quality team in Chelsea comfortably at the new Camp, and I think uh, I think they'll win comfortably at home and and probably get a, a slight win away from home as well. Yeah, definitely. Like when you watch the Barca, the way they play. It's insane, like, everybody's playing for each other. Right, when you watch the first goal, Messi scored, it was like, Messi's passed it Dembele, Dembele's fumbled centre of the pass, with their Suarez to keep that play going, and then we saw what he did. It's just, they're completely on another level compared to other teams. It's just, everyone plays for each other, and it's what you want from a team, really. Mm. Like, Messi, yeah, he is the, 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 sort, the star, but it's just, you just watch everybody else and they're all doing their job, it's what you want in a Champions League winning team. Yeah, and I think it's sort of like, I'm sort of making the same point again. Obviously, like, like I said about Man City being able to rest players for the league games mm. in order to sort of concentrate on the Champions League. Barcelona can pretty much do the same thing. They 
uh, <coughs> eight points clear at the top of La Liga. Uh, they've not lost the game uh, in the league this season, so I think they can afford to rest players. You know, especially if they're playing, you know, a bottom half side or mid table side, and expect to win easily. So. Yeah, I think you'd you'd have to back Barcelona pretty uh, pretty comfortably. Yeah, bearing in mind it's like without Coutinho as well. Bearing in mind. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, interesting fact I heard. If Liverpool managed to uh, win the Champions League this year, I think Phil Coutinho gets a medal. So uh, yeah. Really. That, yeah, that would be yeah. an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, walk, see him walking up and um, stage Barcelona in his Barcelona tracksuit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, situation. Yeah, so uh, Roma, I mean, I think they played well against Shakhtar, obviously. I think they're not a bad side. They've got some, some very, very good players. Obviously, um, Alisson, the goalkeeper, he's, um, he's attracted a lot of interest over um, over the past year, including from the likes of Paris Saint-Germain and Liverpool. Do you think Roma can put up any sort of fight against Barca? No, sorry, no. I'll put it on no. no, not really. I think Allison will do well to try at least try and rally that defence, but otherwise, I don't see them doing anything else. Barca, like I said, they're just on another level. They are honestly on another level. Fair enough. Yeah, I think, for, for, put it pretty bluntly, but I, I think I'll have to agree. They're 18 points behind Juventus uh, in the uh, in the Serie A, so mm. you know I think that just shows the sort of gap between you know a good side and an elite side in you know in those Barcelona's, Real Madrid, Juventus is. Bayern Munich, so yeah, I, th- I think Barcelona, Barcelona will have too much, but obviously, you know, Roma are obviously a good side, but but Barcelona, I think, will be too strong. I mean, you talk about those elite sides, two of them drawn against each other: Real Madrid versus Juventus. Um, Real Madrid, obviously, looking at making it three uh, Champions League wins in three years, mm. but Juventus will be tough opposition to get past. Yeah, yeah, definitely, they're always always a tough side, and they've got to. A couple of finals themselves in the last few years. Um, I think on paper you'd sort of lean towards Real Madrid, but Juventus are having a better season than them in the league. Obviously, Real Madrid aren't even yeah. second in in La Liga at the moment. Well, f- Fifteen points off top. Yeah, that's yeah. a massive, massive gap. So um, you know they'll be prioritising the Champions League now. That's probably the the only thing they've got to play for. Yeah. So it's certainly a really good tie, probably. Probably the tie off the round, obviously, you know, if we're looking at it like that. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a close one. I don't think it's. I think it's a really tough one to call. Definitely, I think the Dan has to thank that team honestly. I think they've saved them a hell of a lot of pressure, really, because I feel like Real Madrid are always focusing on that Champions League because mm. they're brilliant in it. And the things that they're doing right now in that Champions League is insane. Like, come on, what PSG were meant to be favourite starting from the go with the Neymar. By and like all the bring him and Mbappe and Madrid essentially dispatched them, really. So, yes, I feel like Madrid, it's going to be definitely a close tie. And every neutral wants to see Buffon lift that, uh, lift that Champions League up. And so, I think it'll be a really good tie, definitely. If, if you're not an, if you're a neutral, I think it's either in, uh, sorry, it's either Liverpool, say, or Madrid, Juve, you want to watch. Okay. Can Juve beat Real Madrid? I want them to do it, but. Madrid always turn up in Champions Leagues. They always do. Okay. I think they can win it. I think they can definitely. Um, they're obviously a quality side and got some some really good players there. But I th- yeah, I think you'd lean t- you'd lean towards Real Madrid and 
like Javed was saying, they do seem to bring something extra in the Champions League. And you know, they're only you know two rounds away from from the final. So you know, and they've obviously, like you're saying, Adam, they've got that incentive of winning it three mm. times in a row. And you know, they've got some fantastic players. So um, I think they, they definitely can win it, and I think it's going to be a really close tie. But uh, I think it'd be closer than the PSG tie. Uh, yeah, but I'd, I'd lean towards Real Madrid. Bear in mind, this is with no Gareth Bale, potentially. Yeah, but Gareth Bale hasn't featured massively for Real Madrid all season. Mm. I think you look at potential outgoings in the summer, <clears throat> you've got to look at probably Bale leaving Madrid. Um, he's he's not... I think for his, his own sake, obviously you're playing for essentially the biggest club in the world, but if you wanted to progress and and go that extra level, you're not going to get it by every, playing every so often for Real Madrid. You need to be yeah. playing week in, week out. And I can't see him leaving, to be honest, but I think it's it's certainly it's not been... I don't know, it's, I'm going to say successful, but obviously he's won however yeah. many Champions League. So, yeah. you know, I, perhaps he's, he's not sort of lived up to the hype, I think would, yeah. be, would be fair to say. I mean, when he first went there, he was... Exceptional. Yeah, seen as like the successor to Ronaldo and yeah. that sort of thing. Well, it's, it's, for whatever reason, it's dropped off over the past couple of years. Despite Real Madrid dominating in Europe, it's yeah, it's a tough it. one, and especially when people like Lucas Vasquez are getting a shout over him at the minute. You know, I think that that's the thing for me that sort of maybe makes me think maybe he will leave. Obviously, there's been plenty of rumours linking him to Manchester United and Chelsea and all this stuff over the past couple of years. But why why would you go to? Man United, who are, you know, twenty point, you know, well, you know, they're about twenty points off Man City. You know, Paul Pogba's gone there and has, you know, struggled to make an impact as a sort of marquee signing, and it just seems like a weird move. It seems like a step down from Real Madrid, and obviously, you know, you're not. But isn't get... isn't anything a step down from Real Madrid? Yeah, it is. But thing is, though, I don't know why would United, you? Know? If he goes to United, he's essentially been played on the right constantly in Madrid, but his best years were on the left with Spurs. Mm. And what, Man U have invested massively into Sanchez. So, True. And, and I think Sanchez is a big personality that he will not want to go on the right. He always likes to go on that left so he can favour his uh, favourite right. And I don't think he's going to... I think he's a bigger personality than Bale and I don't think he'll allow that to get happen. Fair enough. Um, and speaking of Manchester United, um, they were knocked out this week by Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla have been drawn against another elite club, Bayern Munich. Um, I can't see Sevilla beating Bayern, but I said that about Man United. I couldn't see Sevilla beating Man United, but they did. Fair play to them. They, they went to Old Trafford and had a go. Um, far, far, far better than an absolutely if I'm honest, disgraceful Manchester United performance at home, it was, to watch it, it was abysmal. Mm. And to see, it, everyone talks about the negativity of uh, Mourinho and his tactics. When you're playing a mid-table Spanish side at home in the Champions League to go through the quarterfinals and you play like that, yeah. I don't know, I, used, I, feel, I, I actually feel for my United fans watching it. <laughs> and I don't... I don't think I'd say that often. Um, but yeah, no, um, Sevilla, can can they beat Bayern? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But I think it's, it's an achievement getting to the quarterfinals yeah. and, and beating Man United. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll, they'll give it a go, of course they will, but you know, you'd, you'd have to, you'd have to uh, 
back by Munich to win that one pretty comfortably. Um, they're usually pretty strong at home, and you'd think that's where the, the tie will probably be won and lost where they when they play at the uh, Allianz Arena. Yeah, well, they dismantled Besiktas over two legs. Yeah, I I can't see it going any other way. But you know, I I don't I don't mind Sevilla. I think they're they're a decent team to watch. Um, I'd, I'd like them to do well against Bayern. They've got nothing to lose, have they? They're not exactly. expected to win. They want same as Man United game. They can go out and yeah. try and play if they like. They don't have to sit back because there's not that pressure on them to to get anything really, mm. is there? So you know they've done well getting getting this far, haven't they? Really, and you know definitely it's like essentially performing against Bayern, and it's you just want to perform against Bayern now, really, don't you? Mm. Make yourself show, show yourself on that global stage like you have been doing. Just keep doing it. And then bearing in mind, your stock could go up. Who knows? Well, Sevilla are 11 points behind Valencia in uh, La Liga. So they're probably not going to qualify for the Champions League again next year. So it is a it is a case of you've got not to lose. I mean, they're not going to go out and win the Champions League. It's not going to happen. But, you know, why not show everyone what you can do? And especially like if you're a player playing there, you might see it as a way to potentially move up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, scores? Over two legs. Over two legs. God. I don't know. I'm going to go for two by Munich. Can we even put a number on it, please? <laughs> <laughs> a Bayern but... Munich masterclass, is that what we're saying? Yeah, they are. It's, yeah. That, German, it's that German efficiency. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think, I think they'll they'll stick a fair few goals past them. I'll go 4 0 Bayern. But bear in mind, let's think about it. If Lewandowski, do you think this is Lewandowski's last year, Bayern? No. Do you think he's going to still stay yeah. on? Yeah. I think he'll stay. Like big clubs are wanting to go for him now. They're wanting to see if they can entice him. He's like, what? He's like in his early thirties, isn't he, or something? Yeah, but big clubs don't come much bigger than Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah like, but it's that England thing, though, isn't it? It's always that mm, en- England enticing, though, isn't it? I don't think so. No, I don't. Where, like, if you if you're not Messi or Ronaldo. It's that England and Tyson, really. You want to try and see. But Bayern Munich have got. Bayern Munich have got further than English clubs in the last few years in the Champions League. You know, he's 29 at the moment, so I think he's in peak of his career. He's scoring goals. I don't really know why he'd want to. Peak of his career, then try out in the Premier League. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just a big fan. Wishful thinking. I want it. I want to see him on a Sunday. Yeah, of course. course. We were meant to try that a few years ago for Blackburn, weren't we? The uh, Volcano. Yeah. The Ash Clouds. Nah, nah, I can't see it. No. I think he'll, he'll, he'll still be there. Um, and also scores for the Real Madrid game. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, 3-2 Real Madrid. I'll say 2-1 Juve. Oh, controversial, man. <laughs> you want to see Buffon uh, lift that league, are you? Of course. Well, I'd rather see Carrius lift it. Oh, but... my God. <laughs> Best goalkeeper in the world. Confirmed back to CSF. Not so. Um... Obviously. So, the Europa League, um, Arsenal got through against AC Milan. They've got CSKA. Do you see them winning? Yeah, I think they can. They've they've travelled to... So far, this, they've travelled, what, Barta, Borisov in Bulgaria, mm. Ostersunds. They can do it in the cold, like, Eastern European, Scandinavian countries. Yeah. I think they could do it, to be fair, honestly. They should I, do it. They definitely should. I think they need to do it, to be honest. Yeah. If it would be a successful season, it, I wouldn't say it'd be no, successful. I'd say it's. I wouldn't even say it's progress if they managed to win the Europa League because of how poor they've been in the league. I think it's satisfactory, but I don't think it would. 
appease the Arsenal fans entirely without <laughs> them getting rid of that manager. Uh, yeah, of... I mean, oh, yeah, I don't think anything will appease no. Arsenal fans without wanting I mean, to uh, wind your head up. But <laughs> I think it'd be, an ach- it'd be an achievement to win the Europa League. You know, it's not an easy competition to win in. You know, if uh, if Arsenal finished in the top four this season, that's probably it's probably progress. Yeah, but it's not going to happen, obviously. But this is pretty much their chance of getting that spot in the Champions League. Yeah, why? Well, what is it? The thing about top four is what like well, at least ten plus points off of us. Off the like, um, what is it? Um, Tottenham. Mm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I think like, but the thing is, though, if you think about it, last year, people I don't know, still people thought United did good to win it, and they they won the Europa League. Why can't Arsenal do it? To be fair. Yeah. And still think yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. I wasn't saying that Arsenal could finish in the top four. I was saying that. Uh, top four obviously gets you Champions League and winning mm. the Europa League would get Arsenal Champions League so it, you know it's pretty much the same thing isn't it so it would be a, an achievement and something worth, something worth celebrating definitely see a lot of Arsenal fans I'm not one of them I don't see top four as a decent finish now. We, we, I was used to it and I don't want to see that ever again yeah. really. but after where did they finish last season was it sixth they finished last um, season fifth um, fifth I game but even though Liverpool won it still went to like that like that last game hype of who's going to win yeah but yeah, I, just, I mean, you know, personally, I think Wenger should go. And I was watching a Arsenal fan TV last night, and DT was saying if As- uh, Wenger, you know, if winning the Europa League will be a good send off for Wenger. I think, I think that's, uh, I think yeah. that's true. Definitely. Um, like bearing in mind what their last game is against Huddersfield away, and the, our best ever manager Herbert Chapman is from Huddersfield. It's a brilliant send off. Our best ever manager and our best modern day manager. I want to see him go. Yeah, I think it's. It will be easy though to win. The, you know, you got Atletico Madrid in there. Mm. It's probably they're probably the favourites. I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah, um, if you're going by the bookies, Atletico Madrid uh, favourites. Arsenal second. Then it's Leipzig, and then it's Lazio. So I don't really know too much about the other sides to be honest. But you'd have. You'd think Atletico or Arsenal, wouldn't you really? Well, Leipzig have got uh, Marseille, Atletico Madrid against Sporting Lisbon, and Lazio playing Red Bull Salzburg. So, yeah, I think you would favour Arsenal. Um, but there are some tough sides in there. Lazio have performed well this season in Serie A. Um, Leipzig, you know, they've emerged out of absolutely nowhere over the past couple of years. They've got some really um, top talents in there, most namely Nabi Keita um, and Kevin Augustan. Um Yeah. It will be tough, but I do think Arsenal could go on and win it. I think the t- I think the tie everyone wants to see next game or in the final would be Arsenal versus Atletico Madrid. That's a proper tie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we're overestimating Arsenal though a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, they're they're only five points ahead of Burnley. Yeah, know? let's you know, let's not. No, not jump to conclusions. I'm not trying to like no. wind up Javier, but no, it's fine. We'll go on like a run of like like the way it with Arsenal is that we'll go on like a stint and massive decline. Get a few games in, like we win the we win a few FA Cup ties or <laughs> like with what we beat in Milan, who we lost to in the Champions League like years like four or five years back. Yeah. So I feel like. Yeah, but they were better four or five years back. <sighs> Still mid-table sides, really, aren't they? <laughs> Not really. They were in the Champions League. Bear in League. mind, like a year later, they were essentially mid-table going with Inter Milan. Hmm. Right. Well. Um, but I mean, you look at the Europa League. All these sides that left, they're better than Brighton. And Arsenal lost to Brighton. 
They're better than Forest, and Arsenal lost to Forest. Yeah, did you see that AC Milan side that they put out? That was just disgusting. They had Fabio Barini at right back. Barring <laughs> him. But like, did he actually? Yeah, did he? Barring you've got what, like Donnarumma, who's tied to be like... And Montalivo at left back. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. just a... It's Gattuso, mate. It's, <laughs> it's big Gennaro I mean... I'd... I'd I don't know if I'd like to see Arsenal win it. I don't know if that's the the right word. I I, I wouldn't. Let's. I'd, really? Um, <laughs> but um, no, I I think they will. If I'm if I'm going to put my neck out, I'd I'd probably stick somebody on Arsenal to go on and win it. I know. Right. I know. Very brave. Um, but yeah, I think I think they should get through against CSK. I think it should. I mean, we saw CSK. Um, over the past couple of years against a few English sides and they haven't looked anything. No. No. They, they, just Arsenal should win the tie, shouldn't they? Isn't it really just a drastic difference, though? Isn't it from, like, your Zenits to your... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the next thing we're going to look at is the England squad. Now, Gareth Southgate has named a 24-man squad for the games against Italy and against... Uh, the Netherlands um, at the end of March. What do you think of these squads then, as a whole? He's trying to test the waters in there early, though. He's trying. In to... what sense? Well, if you look at it though, like, like Tarkovsky and Moss and Cook. Where's he going, Murray's man? Where's he going, Murray? Glenn Murray's been on fire. And I just, I just don't know. It's I mean. Though, he yeah. is 34 years old. He has no future in the England team. Defoe, Defoe hasn't been scoring for. No, I mean, like when like Defoe was a shout for year. He was in the shout for the Europa League. Well, not Europa League squad. The uh, ah god, I can't get out now. But yeah, he was a shout a couple of years back. because he was on fire. So why not Glenn Murray? I think there's a big difference between Jermaine Defoe and Glenn Murray, if I'm honest. Um, it's about performances, though, really, isn't it? The, if you're performing in the Premier League, you have to be a shout to the. Yeah, but the, you've. I think every every England friendly now has got to be sort of aimed towards what we're going to do in the World Cup. Yeah. Like Adam was saying, Glenn Murray's 34. Mm. Yeah, he's having a purple patch, you know, and, you know, Grant Holt had a purple patch, you know, a few years ago. And Ricky Lambert. Ricky Lambert had a purple patch. I'm not sure they like long-term mm. solutions for England. We've seen, you know, he's, he's well, Welbeck's in there, isn't he? And mm. um, is Vardy, Vardy's in there. Welbeck, Vardy, and Rashford are the strikers. Yeah, and I think you'd, I'd play, I'd play Rash, I'd play, a, you know, an out of form. Like obviously, I know he scored against Liverpool, mm. but a sort of, you know, perceived out of form Rashford over an informed Glenn Murray, just because we know that Rashford's 100%. got more potential. He's a player that we can develop, and he's a player that is going to go to the World Cup and probably I'm not cause a bit of impact. To the golden generation, but come on, we built the golden generation, and look what happened. We had like a very bad, essentially, two thousands. Yeah, but I'm not sure Glenn Murray is the answer. The sense we're going to say, like, right, we're building them up for future. I don't. I feel like it's. 50 plus years, come on, what? Yeah, 52 years mm. of no European success in the World Cup. Well, oh yeah, sorry, the World Cup success. I want I want the team, that the best team that we can put out in that first game and from the first game to the last game. 
and you and put if Glenn, Glenn Murray. Murray. If Glenn Murray performs from now till the thing, he's on red hot form. He potentially could put that into the World Cup. I, I mean, Harry Kane's back in a month. Would you put Harry Kane? I don't want him to start over Harry Kane. That's the thing. I just want him just to at least be like that super sub or something. He's not, when has he ever demonstrated that he's a super sub? As opposed to, I just want the red hot performers like people who are going to score. Of course, I'm not going to replace Harry Kane, but I want the best strikers who are on the best form. And you'd put him ahead of Jamie Vardy. If I'd put him if ahead of Jamie Vardy, but I'd rather have hit what Kane, Vardy, Rashford. And if if Glenn Murray had scored twenty goals this season, you know, fifteen goals this season, something like that, then I'd I'd get it. But he's like he's scored eleven goals. I don't yeah. I don't see, you know, Rooney scored ten, and, and rather, Rooney's not in the team, so I don't you know it's. I'd rather see Callum Wilson at Bournemouth. I think he'd 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 give something far different than Glenn Murray. I think he'd be, it's is is an unknown quantity with pace. He's got um. He's got a lot of ability and he's shown that for Bournemouth. I think he'd have been a better shout. Or even someone like Dominic Calvert-Lewin from uh, Everton. I think they'd be better than Glenn Murray. He's 34. He's got no future with the England squad. We tried it a few years with Ricky Lambert. You brought him in once he uh, sat in for Liverpool. That didn't work. I I can't see why you'd want Murray in the squad. Ricky Lambert didn't perform for Liverpool. That was the thing. I yeah, like, but... I feel like Glenn Murray's performing for Brian. For Brighton, yeah, Brighton, exactly. That's the thing. It's for Brighton. Of what were we beginning of the season? One of the teams to go down, and he's performing for a bottom half relegation team. That's brilliant in my eyes. It's not hard. It's not easy to score against like some of the big teams in the Premier League, and he's doing it. Do you, do you class Arsenal in that bracket? Well, they are. Yeah, <laughs> they are top six, they are. <laughs> I think yeah, Vardy. You'd have been ahead of him. He's scored more goals. Rashford, obviously, I know he's not. He's not as. I don't think he's, he's not scored as many goals, but he's been playing. He's a better player. Yeah, he's been put, and he's been playing wide, don't he, for this season yeah. for United. Sterling has scored more goals mm. than uh, Glenn Murray, and then you've got Danny Welbeck in there. Who's? I'm not. I'm personally not a, a massive Danny Welbeck fan, mm. but he scored for England in the past, and he's scored at you know, a decent level. Yeah. So I, I think they're all better options than. Been clever, and I can't leave this conversation still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one one of the one of the things that I have been confused about with this squad is the fact that yeah, we have we have three strikers, we're four goalkeepers. Why has he chosen four goalkeepers, and why is he called up Joe Hart? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. The biggest mind wonderer ever, honestly. Like, why? I'm sorry, the guy can't even get into his bloody own bloody first team anymore. Mm. It's, it, it's an interesting one like three, we're not going to take four goalkeepers of the World Cup we're going to take three what what does Gareth Southgate need to see again in Joe Hart that he hasn't seen previously Joe Hart's the, the current uh, most capped player in the squad with 76 caps um, I mean what what has he shown recently that Southgate isn't aware of from his time in the past, as opposed to someone like Nick Pope who's getting his chance for the first time. But there's a chance that Joe Hart could get a game ahead of him when he really doesn't deserve it. Odds on that, really, to be fair. Because he usually did that um, last time, didn't he? He brought on, like, I think he brought in Butland or something, and he still played Joe Hart for like a game. I don't know why. It's, 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 mind, it's mind-blowing, really, though. I don't know. Like, I'd rather see like Pope or Butland or Pickford get into the... At least I'm going to do it. 
Yeah. Um, Given that experience. I, I think, think they're the free team. They're the free, bear in mind if they stay fit, they're the free keeper. It'll be Butland or Pickford will play. But I just still don't understand why you call up four players. Four, no. four goalkeepers. It seems strange. Mm. I can't really... Like, even... I don't know, even, like, in a, in a training aspect, maybe? I don't know, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I, I don't even know how you, how you could explain it, really. It's a, stra- it's a really strange one. Yeah. So, in re- in regards to uh, Nick Pope, he comes in for his first uh, call-up and potentially his first cap. There's four uncapped players in there. Uh, Pope, James Tarkovsky, um, Lewis Cook and Alfie Mawson. What do we think of the three of them? Um... I'm not sure Martin and Tarkovsky, or even Cook, or <laughs> I don't know. Are they even going to get a game? I think Tarkovsky will. I, I think do Lewis think Tarkovsky will. I think Lewis Cook could, to be fair. I mean, the problem with Lewis Cook is you look at there's so many midfielders in this team. So many. I mean, you've got the likes of Eric Dyer, Jordan Henderson, Adam Lallana, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Jake Livermore. Um, who else we got? Henderson, did you say Henderson? Henderson, yeah. Uh, Jack Wilshire. I mean... And even Jesse Lingard. I, Lewis Cooking is... I mean, I wouldn't take him to the World Cup. I don't think he's that that level, that quality. No, it's a massive achievement, though. I, it I, is. I, I remember when he was quite in my school, you know, like only two or three years ago now. So it's an yeah. amazing achievement. It is an amazing achievement. But if, you, if you're going to be preparing for the World Cup, then surely you've got to start playing the players that you were expecting to play in the World Cup. Yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, it's a massive chance for Cook. He might come on for half an hour and set two goals up. Well, I mean, we saw it with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, didn't we? In, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's a similar situation, I think. Um, obviously, Loftus-Cheek's out injured at the minute, so he hasn't been in there. Um, but some of the notable players have missed out. Uh, Gary Cale and Chris Smalling. I was surprised that not one... that. At least one of them didn't get in, especially when you look at Alfie Mawson getting in for Swansea. Mm. Yeah, I was surprised at Smalling because Smalling's yeah. been he's been a starter, hasn't he, for United recently? He has, if yeah. you're not playing Man United starting centre back, then and you're playing Harry Maguire and Alfie, you're picking Harry Harry Maguire and Alfie Mawson yeah. ahead of him. We is a really I know he gets a lot of stick Smalling from United fans. Yeah, but. It's a starting centre-back for the team that's second in the yeah. Premier League. I'm, it's uh, yeah, as that's, opposed that's a really to Swansea City's. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a shocker though, really, isn't it? Smalling, come on. Everyone thought we were um, dead and gone in United. And look what he's done. He's essentially just revitalised that defence. And I, I know the thing about Kale, yeah, he's not getting played. I can see sort of why, but then... So it's still that experience though, isn't it, to muster that like that team round. You want to try and help that team. I still think the small one's just the biggest thing going. Why would you? Yeah, that, that's that's the the standout one for me. As as to why he's not been picked, so I don't know, yeah. I don't know what the situation is there, but I can understand the Cahill one because he's not been playing. Yeah. He's in his what's in mid thirties now. Mm. You'd probably say Stones and Smalling, and maybe even Maguire are, are better players than him. So yeah, yeah, and that one doesn't surprise me as much as the Smalling one. Uh, a player that missed out, Fulham's Ryan Sessignon. Everyone, a lot of the media tipped him to get in this squad and potentially break in. Obviously, he's playing in the Championship with Fulham, but he's been an absolute revelation for Fulham. What, I, what, I, is he fullback or? Well, he's 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 a left back, but he's he's um, played further down the left hand side and he gets a lot of goals. Right. Um, I I 
I'm not surprised he didn't get in, but I would have liked I would have liked to see him get in. But he is only a young lad. I think he's he's either 17 or 18 years old. He is. Let me just have a look. So I mean, 17. 17. Yeah, he's he's definitely a player that you're gonna look at in the future. Whether it's too early now, obviously, is he probably gonna go to the World Cup? I really doubt no. it. Well, he's he's gonna be part of. You know the under nineteens or twenty yeah. ones or whatever it is, and if if say Gareth Southgate did pick Cecil Young yesterday, yeah, then he's picking him over Ryan Bertrand mm. and Ashley Young. So you you're picking him over two left backs yeah. who are starting for you know decent. Well, obviously Southampton are struggling this season, but two left two left. It's a well established left back. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it would have been a surprise and probably probably unfair as well. You know, if you're picking a Championship player over over a Premier League player. Yeah, I think. Um, I think he is is one of them where we could see him after the World Cup when England start their preparations for the next Euros. Yeah, I'm not um, sure it's it's a massive deal. Like Young is is going to start anyway, really. Yeah. You would you would think so. You're arguing over a reserve left back in essence. So I'm not you know why not pick Bertrand who's playing in the Premier League and give Cesson Young obviously he's a young player uh, the chance to develop in the under 19s and then. You know, we saw years ago, obviously, Theo Walcott been taken to the World Cup when he, mm. was a, as he was a teenager. People, A lot of people say that that didn't help his career. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I'm not sure you, you'd want to do this, the same thing with Cessignon. Yeah, I can see it. To be fair, yeah. Like you said, you're arguing over a reserve left-back. Really. Yeah. Cessignon, he, he's all the hype and he's doing performances, but what can you say, really? It's just, I'd rather have Young or Bertrand. Mm. 14 goals though this season that's if he's he, he playing left back or that, yeah. know, left wing back or whatever it's very very good yeah I know, I know. He's, he's there for the future definitely he's going to easily bolster a team five years down the line definitely one one thing looking at this squad that I can't get my head round Jake Livermore why has he persisted to go with Jake Livermore <laughs> when he's playing for the by far the worst team in the league who, well, there's there's yeah. players like John Joe Shelby and Jack Cork who have been far better, so why not give them the chance? Or even Lewis Cook, like. Yeah, I, I I take your point, but I don't think he wants to be, you know, like like Javed was sort of saying about picking players on form. I don't know if he wants to be doing that all the time. Mm. I don't know if he wants to be like, you know. But he's going to pick the twenty. We, I know what you mean, yeah. but we, it, I get your point. But if you if you if you're picking the twenty three best English players mm. for every single squad. Then you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna have all the uh, you know you're gonna have lots and lots and lots and lots of changes throughout every single squad. No continuity. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not defending Jet Livermore because I'm not you know he's obviously he's not not the best player. In that like certain aspect, yeah, you don't want everybody on form. Then if that's the case, then we should be bringing Joe Hart to the England squad because Joe Hart is our most experienced goalkeeper we've got. He should be the person we should be taking to the England squad. Then if that's the case, yeah, but at least at least Jet Livermore's playing for. West, <laughs> at least he's playing for West Brom. Joe Hart's not not played a game, has he, for West Ham this season? Yeah, so it's Jack, like Jack Livermore, he's just he's he's not helped that West Brom side whatsoever. I mean, I don't think anyone in that no, West Brom really side's so. helped. It's like, why would you want to take him over like the likes of Cork and Shelby? Yes, yeah, Shelby, Shelby's a bit like poor hit and miss, really. But he's been, he's played well recently for Newcastle. He he has. It's. Just, I wouldn't take Jack Livermore, I'm yeah. sorry. I know what you mean, but like, like we were sort of saying about the Session, we're sort of arguing over a sixth, seventh choice centre cent midfielder, so I'm not I'm not sure it's a, a massive deal, and I think you sort of want that bit of continuity 
in England squad. And, yeah, definitely you know. when it's bullish as what is it, essentially go home. Mm. Coming back, essentially, England uh, call again, really. You can, it was going to be probably... It will definitely start the early game, I think. Mm. Okay. Um, so the next piece that we'll look at is Mark Hughes to Southampton. Is it the right choice? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. How come? Well, he's established in the Premier League. And I think also he does well. Yeah, the final relegation battle, but still. I think if they survive this, he does well with mid-table size. Definitely does. And he attracts big players. Come on, he's attracted Shakiri, who was touted for like the top four sides after his Basel, Basel and Bayern Munich. Mm. You had a Nortovich. He's had. I think he'll do well. I think he'll bring some good players back in to that side and revitalise that Southampton side. Yeah, well, his, his first task task is keeping them up before he thinks about yeah. you know what players he brings in. I think so. they'll stay up. To be fair. I think they're going to still stay up. Could you see Mark Hughes managing the championship? Um. No. I don't think he'd leave if he went down because he has that affinity to the club. Obviously, he played there um, for a number of years. He spoke about how close to his heart the club are. If they get relegated, I doubt they'll sack him when there's only so many games left. I don't think he's managed in the Championship before, though, has he? No. Yeah, well. Yeah, I know what you mean, but... Uh, I think I think it's a good appointment though. I think Hughes is a you know like Javier was saying an established manager. You know he's obviously Man City, Blackburn, Wales, Fulham, QPR, Stoke, Southampton. You know it's a, a good CV. Yeah. Uh, you know and he's generally he's done pretty well wherever he's been. Obviously he, he didn't finish so well at Stoke. Um, there for five years though. Exactly. Yeah. So you know and he, he took them. What was it? To thinking like eighth place. Yeah. Sort of three or four years in a row. So I think it's a good appointment. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, unless they went uh, for a foreign manager, which they have done a couple of times, Southampton. I'm not sure what other sort of better managers there are out there, really. Well, Marco Silva was one that a lot of the bookmakers were tipping to get the to get the job ahead of Mark Hughes. Right. Um, and I mean, I think he would have done a good job. Obviously, he's shown that he can motivate a side to do well in the short term. Mm. But he did get relegated with Hull. Yeah, but Hull, weird. <laughs> but Hull are far worse a team than Southampton. Like, you look at that Southampton team, that is not one of the three worst squads in the league. They should be performing better than they are doing. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, um, Pellegrino couldn't get it right um, and he got the sack. I think Mike Hughes will keep him up. Um, where where they go from there, I'm not sure whether they do progress into that mid-table sort of bracket where they were a couple of years ago. I don't know. But, yeah, he he, he needs to be thinking short-term. He needs to be thinking, how can I get a quick fix? Well, that's what the, the board will be thinking, won't they? Because yeah. there's that much money. And that's why we, you see that many sackings of managers. They just want you know someone to come in, like a firefighter-type figure, and you know just keep them in the Premier League for another season and... Keep that TV money coming into the club, so it's that's his first part. It's definitely better fresh air, so like getting you England manager, yeah, or well, your British managers like getting a chance to at least do it. Because when you think about it, uh, relegation sides, always for some reason look to foreign managers because they're easily sackable afterwards if they get relegated. But in regards to a breath of fresh air, I think I'd be looking at more at someone like Gary Rower or 
or Lee Johnson or something as a breath of fresh air rather than... Yeah, but Gary Rowett, though, like, he's not had the best recently of the year. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, but I, 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 I think Q's a good appointment. But I'm not sure. I'm not. I wouldn't describe him as a breath of fresh air. No, I, sure. I, I, I know. I know. I know what you mean. But um, it's not. He's not like. He's a no, revolutionary he's, manager, is he? We're all hounding clubs if they get for foreign managers. They're constantly like, oh, like well, I guarantee. If let's say if we got another Marco Silva, if Mar- let's say if Marco Silva in a hypothetical sense didn't manage Hull and had a great time, yeah. before he got relegated. Bear in mind, we got Marco Silva in, and he got relegated. We'd be hounding him in the media like, oh, like, hounding Southampton. Why did you give it to the? I think why? Paul Merson would be hounding oh. Southampton. <laughs> I'm not sure. Pe- I'm not sure that many people in the media are that but there's a lot bothered. Of them no. that like, say, why have we done it when you've got like this, this, this England manager who's available? Say Moyes wasn't at West Ham. You've got Moyes who's available. You've got you Mark Hughes who are available. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But they're going. Th- why don't we go for these established Premier League managers who have been there, done it all, instead of a foreign manager who's had a what a good year in the. Who knows, the African League or something dodgy like that. <laughs> really. So it's it's decent enough. For, I'm happy that Mark Hughes had the chance and I think he'll still do well. Well his first um his first task is to get them into the FA Cup semi finals. Um they're away at Wigan. Um they should be beating Wigan, but it's not that easy. Obviously Wigan showed what they're capable of against Manchester City. I mean, you you'd obviously fancy Southampton, but Wigan are in form, aren't they? The they are. Beat Bradford. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, sorry to remind you. Loving <laughs> that, really. Uh, yeah, but um, they, I'd fancy Southampton to beat Wigan. But it's not always that simple, is it? It's not. It's not. Um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I agree. It's at, it's at Wigan, though, isn't it? So it is. It is. Yeah. It's at the DW. I think that. I think that'll be close. Definitely. I don't think. I don't. I can't see Southampton winning. 3 0 or whatever, but I think it'd be close, I think it'd be a goal in it. I still see Wigan going to the. I still see Wigan getting through that to be fair. I feel fair like if, they, if you gave the best team in England their probably most like hard hit performance, mm. I feel like you can try and at least. You can beat Southampton, I think. Yeah, definitely. Home crowd as well. Oh, definitely. Mm. Is Southampton going to be that up for it? Is, he, is, is Mark Hughes going to even play a strong team? You know, is it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, there, I think there are a point outside the relegation zone. I mean, his objective, his objective is to, you know, to uh, to stay up. And I was maybe maybe this isn't a relevant point, but I was listening to this uh, podcast with Gary Neville the other day, mm. uh, and he was sort of saying when he came into the Valencia that the owners told him just to get out of the cups. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, I know there's only eight games left in in the Premier League, but. Would it it would it wouldn't surprise me if the Southampton board said the same thing, and you know we're just like you know get out of the cup we don't need it it's not going to help us focus on getting out of the relegation zone gives you more time to re- prepare for the Premier League and uh, you know and and not go down to the Championship. Definitely following on that point though. Look at it like Wigan won the FA Cup and then in that same season they got relegated. And then yeah, the rest is history, yeah, really. They've got point. to leave the league. Down in League One, yeah. Exactly, so why... Yeah, it's good that, yeah, you've got the cup, but it's not... You want to focus on that league, really. You're but definitely. as as a fan of a mid-table club like Wigan were um, in the years just before that, and as Southampton are now, would you not rather have an FA Cup win 
total back out rather than another table of mid another season of mid table obscurity in the Premier a f- League. A fan, a fan might do, but if you know, would you rather have a decent day out at Wembley and what is it, two million prize money or a couple mm. hundred thousand, whatever, or would you rather have the millions and millions of the Premier yeah. League TV deal mm. and you know stay in the league for another year? You've got Mark Hughes who's kept him up. He's going to have a uh, two transfer windows and you know a chance to you know help the squad probably keep him up for another season you'd think and and then you know like Javed was saying we can down in league one now so you know definitely like look at it it's exactly it. you'd rather want I see it as you'd rather want the chance to stay up again and attract those big players instead of look what like Benitez had to do he went down he had to like essentially get your people I think people went to Newcastle because it's Newcastle and it's that attraction of Benitez but still you're essentially fighting for championship standard players and probably the one prospect who will get you up again. Mm. You want the players, the big players, like and exactly what I said earlier, go Marcus is one of those players who can attract those big foreign talents like your Anatovich, like your Shakiris, like your Bojans, who in that first season performed brilliantly for Stoke. Yeah. And I just don't know, I feel like the FA Cup, yeah, you're gonna get like you said, your prize money and your ooh, your chance at the Europa League uh, qualifications, but it's probably not what fans want to hear, like no. obviously. But it's that's probably the reality of Definitely. what the Southampton board and the owners are thinking. But they've got plenty of time between the fixtures. Um, they're playing uh, West uh, Wigan on Sunday, then they've got thirteen ma- uh, days off before they go away to West Ham. Yeah, which I'm is not a say, I'm huge not saying clash. That gonna, I'm not saying that they're gonna, you know, play the reserves, but mm. it wouldn't surprise me if it's something that. It's a consideration, at least. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And now we move on to um, our feature um, of things that you want to ban from football now. Uh, we were looking trying to think of names, um, and we came up with a cheesy one. Get rid of what? It's not that cheesy, but it is when you say grow. G-R-O-W. How can football grow? Joker Kilbride. Uh, the thing that I would like to ban is... Uh, quite a topical one Uh, after Messi's performance uh, and two goals against uh, Chelsea in Mm. midweek it's people who say that Cristiano Ronaldo is a better player than Lionel Messi elaborate elaborate (laughs) okay Um, I just think Messi's a far better player Um, and I know they'll compare the goals and Ronaldo's outscored him over over the last couple of years but I just think Messi's just a better all-rounded player I think Ronaldo's probably a better goal scorer, a better finisher, but I just think Messi, he can, he can pass, he can dribble, he can run, he can run a game, and I think he can, he can win a game on his own as, as we saw against Chelsea. And I can see Adam is is dying to join in. Well, I I I, I was just going to say I can see Javed getting a bit riled up, so I'm going <laughs> to put, put my feet up and right. uh, just okay, enjoy. You, you forgot the major thing that Ronaldo's known for, and it's that athletic ability. The man is mm-hmm. a, a, looks like a bona fide football player, and he performs. Yeah, but <laughs> the thing with the thing with the Messi, no, the thing with Messi is Ronaldo's better no, looking. I'm not doing anything. He's a better football. I'm not saying that, but fine. That was the athletic bit. He's got he's got everything. He's got his athleticism. He's got pace, power, everything you want. But also, you look at that Barca team. That whole Barca team is quality. Like if Messi, let's say Messi never have an off day, like it's Messi. But like let's say if Messi has an off day, you've got your Suarez. You've got your Dembele now, who scored a goal against Chelsea. Come on. Yeah, he did, but I'm not sure you can. I'm you not. Saw, you've, got, you've got Luis Suarez. When you look at that, when you look at that Madrid side, 
if Ronaldo's having a bad day, who are you going to call up on? Like, who's going to get you your goals? Karim Benzema, Gareth Bale, Luka Modric, Tony oh, Cruz. I'm not sure you can say, like, the they're a good side, it's a bad team. It's not a bad team, is it? They've won yeah. the Champions League the last couple of years. But Ronaldo, <laughs> he's what? I'm, I'm, I don't really agree with the, the recent Ballon d'Or winning, but come on, he's won the Ballon d'Or tw- two years in a row. He has. And isn't the Ballon d'Or the, the, the top individual prize to say you're the best? It is, yeah, but it doesn't world. mean that I have to agree with it. It's <laughs> subjective. It's just people's opinion. You all want to people. get rid of people who are saying... Yeah, I do, yeah. Opinion. Yeah. <laughs> A bit of a contradiction there. Obviously, you know, so, you know, people are entitled to their opinion, but I'm just, it just, I just don't agree with it. And I, th- I think Messi's a better player, better all-rounded, better skillful wise. I, I, if, if I, I've got Sky Sports home, if I see Real Madrid playing whoever, Malaga, I'm not going to sit down and watch that game. I'm going to sit and watch Barcelona versus Malaga, let's Elche. say, because of Messi, because of his skill, because of his talent is quality you'd, you'd watch Messi wouldn't you I don't think you don't think you'd watch Ronaldo you're worse than me dad my dad only watches Barca to watch Messi exactly like Messi exactly over here. Yeah. That's, that's that's why not why why is you know it's, it's a legitimate point it is an interesting point because we've heard that it, people say that you in your lifetime you need to watch little Messi player to appreciate football yeah people don't say that about Ronaldo it's true but it's so it's Ronaldo that like you can't fault what that man. Can you can't. Do. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just. <laughs> I just uh, think. Me- I just think Messi's better. Significant. I think like the two different types of what you would call football. In what sense? In sense like Messi, you're just gonna have all that technical ability, the ability just to shatter open defenses mm. with any with like a blink of an eye, and then you've got your Ronaldos. You've got your Ronaldo, sorry, who's pace, power, the ability just to score from anywhere. Like the the, the way the guy the, the way he can like obsess with power on that ball. Mm. That he's essentially the different types of what you want in a footballer, really. Messi's gonna like Messi will definitely just use technique, but then Ronaldo's gonna use like raw power, physicality, things like that. Yeah. Fair enough. Um so Javed. How can football grow? In my opinion, and I know Kilbride's going to come up with something at least, uh, it's the, uh, what is it, the fact when you're 90 minutes into a game and then sub, uh, substitution occurs and then a player's coming on for two minutes and I just, I just feel it's so embarrassing for the player and it's pointless, like, why even do it? Like, I don't even see the reasoning for it. It's like, you're winning, you're going to bring on this player for two minutes. If one, you're going to annoy that player who's take, get taken off because he wants to see out that full game. You see you see players' reactions, you see Sanchez's reactions, you see how they're just like absolutely fuming when they get taken off. And then and then you bring on this poor 18-year-old. Or like You see when City do it, like, what's his name, Ben Foden, I think it is, or something? Phil Foden. Phil Foden. And they bring him on for two minutes, and I'm like, why, why bother, really? I can see the reason why managers do it. Say Man City beating Man United two one in the and Manchester derby. You want to kill time. You want to you know you want to run down the clock. And I know you say it's sort of embarrassing for players, but football's team game. You know you got you know if if you coming off and not playing the last two minutes of a game is going to help your side win, then why not do it? 
Do you know what I mean? And it's not embarrassing for the player coming on because, like I was just saying, he's, it's going to help. It's going to help run down the clock, give less time for the opposition to score an equaliser, and give your side a better chance of winning. So you know, obviously, you'd like to be playing from. You'd like to be playing thirty minutes, not two. But if it's going to help your side win the game, then then I can see why managers would do it and why players shouldn't really complain about if it. If that's the case, then the referees. You should if it's time wasting then if it's I'm time, not sure it's time wasting you're making a substitution you're making you're a substitution to just to drag out the time and get that clock finished yeah well then if referees uh, can't keep on the time if a player's like say walking off the pitch too like slow like they can, they, they can book, book the player they should extend the time because it's essentially if you're essentially just dragging out the time when you shouldn't be really football's meant to be an equal to game between team versus team no shady business should occur. An equal game, what does that no mean? No shady business should occur. No funny business. So we should have, right. We should all play equally, like gentlemen's rules. Have you watched football today? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no. Very <laughs> blind optimism, that. Right. Indeed. Um, yeah, no, if I, if I had to cast a vote on it, um, I, I'm not getting rid of extra time substitutions. They're there for a... They're there for a clear reason, and they're opt. Uh, it's just basically seen as a way of, of in-game management. Yeah, it's a strategy yeah. to win. I mean, it works. It does work. Um, so yeah, so I'd I'd get rid of the the Ronaldo opinion uh, personally, but um, yeah, we'll put a poll up on our Twitter. Um, you can see there it's at Extra Podcast. Vote for which one you believe should be banned from last week. Um, the poll came back um, and it was a clear favourite that we should be banning Ben's goal line officials over Aiden's corner quadrants. It, <laughs> Sorry, it was, it, well, it's not a surprise, is it? It's, it's really not. It I mean, such a ridiculous suggestion. Yeah. But it doesn't even make get any rid sense. Get of corner quadrants, have a look at yourself, mate. <laughs> what are you going to do? Also, we're going to just get rid of the corner quadrant now, so where are we going to put the ball now, anyway? Yeah, well, goal line officials won by 76% of the vote as opposed to 24%. So yeah, so we'll stick a poll up on our Twitter and you can go and vote for which one um, you believe should be banned. Um, now, just to wrap up the show, we've got a piece of football trivia. Um, shout out to Molly for getting uh, the correction, uh, for getting the correct answer from last week, which was Johnny Heitinger, formerly of Everton and the uh, World Cup runner-up. Uh, so this week's question, um, in February 2018... Trent Alexander-Arnold became the fifth youngest Englishman to play in a Champions League knockout match um, away at Porto. Uh, can you name the four players younger than him? Um, so we'll stick that up on our Twitter and you can tweet us the answer. Um, so yeah, just to wrap it up, our uh, Twitter is at Extra Podcast. Instagram is at ET Podcast. Facebook is extra. Just search on Facebook extra time podcast and you'll find us there. And yes, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me this week. No problem. Perfect. Thank you for that. And uh, tune in next week for the next episode of the Extra Time Podcast.